Hello, superstars. Welcome back to Awesome Overflow. This is your Awesome Overflow for April of 2022. Yes, as we record, we have a few hours left in April, technically, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, we're sneaking it in right under the wire. This month we are felt really simultaneously so long. Yes. And also it's like, wait, it's done? How is it done? Yes. Yeah. That's me. I told you at the beginning of the week, I like looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the last week of April. How? Because like you said, it has felt like a long month in a lot of ways. But then now here we are, it's over. Right. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what to say about that. I, I know for me, a lot of it goes back to this has been a month of Groundhog Days, mostly because of the weather. Like oh, we're, we're right. still wearing long sleeves. We're still like, I just put the winter things away last weekend, mostly because... I'm like, even if it does snow again, no one's going out to play in it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to get rid of the stuff that's just clogging up my mudroom entryway. But it has felt so like, yep, here we go. Another day of gray and everybody's wearing the same clothes that they've worn since October and we're packing the same lunches that we've packed. You know, like, it's that feel. I I know a lot of North America feels that way this year. Like, it has been kind of a cool spring. It's so, yeah, it's just felt very Groundhog Day-y where I'm like, nothing's ever changing. Um, so that's what makes it feel like a long month, but also then you get to the end and you're like, oh, I guess time is moving. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really very astute, um, observation and explanation for why it has felt like this. I know so many people have been tagging you on social media to be like fourth favorite (laughs) season this year, like feeling it to the maximum. Mm -hmm. Yes. We also here have had such a chilly spring, not as bad as you guys. I would never try to presume that. But I mean, just chilly, chilly, so many days that it's just, it's sort of unbelievable this spring. So yeah. And for us, it's been been very gray too. Has it been gray there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we normally, we do, spring is a very stormy time in Oklahoma. So that part, like the wind has been absolutely insane but it's kind of like my kids keep you know complaining about the wind i'm like well spring in oklahoma i don't know what to tell you this is this part (laughs) is at least par for the course so um but it has been an actually pretty busy month for me i was just telling you before we started recording i completely forgot that it was actually at the beginning of this month that i got to go down to dallas and um go to my sister emily's bachelorette party that was so fun to watch on instagram we had so much fun. We stayed at the Gaylord, uh, the Gaylord Texan, which is um, technically in Grapevine, which is in that sort of mid-cities area in between yep. Dallas and Fort Worth. And we started off the weekend with a spa day. Kelly, I'm almost 45. I've never been to an actual spa for like a spa day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. I, I mean, I've been, to, I've been to a Korean spa. I don't know that I've done like yes. a high-end spa sort of experience. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so you d- you were there the whole day. What did you do? Well, we went for the afternoon okay. there first, and they just had it all lined up where everybody got a facial and everybody got a massage. And this was really nice. I was talking to Rebecca on last month's overflow about how Kyle and I have been both seeing an actual massage therapist for like therapeutic massage, mm-hmm. which has been very helpful and is making a lot of progress for both of us. But it's not like a relaxing massage. Right. It's like last time... <laughs> I went earlier this month. I told Kyle, I have, I have never experienced pain where you see stars. I had a sea stars moment on the massage table. What were they doing? What were they touching? 
she's working on, I have this major problem in my leg that has been going on for years and I've not done, done anything about it. It started because I have overpornation in my left foot, like a fallen arch, and it has just completely like continued to kind of start to cripple the muscles oh, all the way yeah, up to my right. hip mm-hmm, on my left side. Mm-hmm. And so she's doing a lot of work to like go in and break down um, where the muscles are like misforming. That's the very layperson explanation for it. Yep. But as you can imagine, it, there's parts of it, not the whole time, but there are parts of it that are so painful. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's like therapy massage. But this massage at the spa was pure just like relaxation. Now, Kelly, me being me, extrovert that I am, podcast hostess that I am, I could not just lay there and not talk. And the actual owner of the spa was giving me my massage. So we just start chit-chatting about her life story and how it came to be that she owns this spa. And I was like, I know I'm supposed to be relaxing, but this is actually relaxing. Yeah, I was going to say, that is relaxing for you. It's nice (laughs) to talk to people when you want to talk to people. Exactly, exactly. So we spent the afternoon there at the spa, and then we went over to the Gaylord, and I forgot my swimsuit, but um, the other girls went swimming, and um, I just sat by the pool and had a strawberry daiquiri, and there was kids swimming, and people were like, mom, mom, look at me. And I was like, I don't have to look at anybody. <laughs> I am not the mom that they are referring to right now. I'm not the mom you are looking yes. for. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It was so wonderful. We went out to a very fancy dinner at um, an Italian place that's there on property. And then the pinnacle of the night was at a little club that's just adjacent to the Gaylord property there. Um, They were having a 90s country cover band. The name of the cover band is Straight Tequila Night. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. good. It was so good. I mean, like when you know every note and word and of of every song that they sang, and they were a fantastic band. They were great entertainers. People were dancing. The crowd was into it. It was a fun night. So yes. Now we got up and went to brunch the next day. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was so great. It really was. I was like, I, I was having so much fun. Two vodka tonics in. I was like, we need to do the, we need to have the sort of awesome, like, communal gathering, and we're going to have straight tequila <gasps> night come That would be so much fun. And line dancing, there needs, I mean, I saw that there was line dancing happening. I don't yeah. know if you guys mm-hmm. were involved in that or if you were just oh, yeah. watching it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. We oh, were on the gosh. dance floor for sure. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's a dream. It was so fun. It was so fun. You know, for Emily and I, it was just like, we've been through a, a lot in, in the spring, and this was just coming off of March and losing our mom and all of that. And, it, you know, after my mom died, she was like, should I even should I even do the bachelorette party? Like, everything's already been booked. Like, do you still want to do it? And I was like, I think we need to do it. Yeah. Like, I think mom would want us to go and have fun. And we did have a great time and and I don't I didn't know anybody in her wedding party before that and we all just like got to know each other so well and right. it was just a great time. And the wedding is still coming so, up, right? Yeah, it's the first weekend of June and it's going to be here in Oklahoma City and so yeah, everything is on track for that. Just last minute 
you know, right. last minute plans and, and those types of things. I so. kind of love that she had the bachelorette party so far in advance. You know, lots of times it's like just the weekend before or even a few days before as people come in for the wedding. But I, I'm glad that you got to know all the people in the wedding party. Like it just must be, then it right. would be fun to get together and be like, oh, I remember you, you know, like a reunion mm-hmm. sort of a thing and just make it feel more comfortable. I like that. Yeah, it worked out really great. And plus, since I think almost everybody, maybe one or two aren't, but almost everybody on her side in the wedding party are teachers. I'm not, and there's a few others that aren't, but, you know, lots of lots of end of the year stuff, including for Emily. So right. it just kind of worked out better to do it um, earlier. So right. it's really great. Yeah, that's yeah. what May means. I hadn't really thought about that because our schools get mm. out in June, but I know for mm. so many teachers... This is it. We're going into the home stretch here. And and parents, too, who are like, oh, yes. my goodness, I am done. I am done. It's concert season for us with Daisy. We have literally three concerts in the next week. So, wow. Yeah. Yes. That's just what we do, as yeah. you know. Yeah. You just go and do all the things. So speaking of concerts, I have one other thing to tell you that was so fun this month. Kelly, oh, my gosh. Where do I even start? Okay. If you know me, if you've listened to Sorta Awesome since about 2016, (laughs) no, that's not right. I think the first time I talked about Nathaniel Rateliff on the show was probably 2018, because that's when the Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats album, Tearing at the Seams, came out. It was my awesome of the week. But I have loved slash been obsessed with Nathaniel Rateliff for many years, so he was he's doing a tour for his new album or the new album with his band called The Future. And in February, they released the the tour dates. And sure enough, Oklahoma City, right there on the list. And so I was I was completely just like overwhelmed, overcome. And the, to begin <laughs> the first round of tickets that they released. So the venue that they had it at is here in Oklahoma City in, in Bricktown, which is like this kind of like, fun touristy area part of Oklahoma City. And the venue is called the Criterion. And it's really interesting in that it's like there's it's only standing room for okay. like concerts and stuff. Oh, and oh. so <laughs> yeah, you get to a certain age and you're like, I I don't I don't want to do just standing. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I mean, it's worth it. We're yes. we're gonna do it. But so the first round of tickets that were released, they just did like through like lottery to be able to buy the tickets because okay. they knew that there was going to be like there's a limited number of people they can have in, obviously. And so, um, so I got tickets in February, and I got two tickets. I was so excited. And a couple of weeks later, Daisy and I were like chit chatting, talking about prom, and I was like, okay, now so remind me of the date of prom again. And she was like, April twenty third. And I was like, hmm. Why does April 23rd sound familiar? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the Nate Rate Lift concert. And so then I was, I, Kelly, I was like going through this existential crisis. Yeah. Like, I already bought the tickets. I want to go so bad. It's my daughter's first prom. I feel like I need to be on hand for all of the things. Like, what am I going to do? And so like, I was just like, oh, I, I guess I probably won't go to the concert then. So we were, kept talking about it. I was like, well, that is the night of the, the Nate Rate Lift concert, but I mean, I guess I just won't go. And she was like, what? She was like, you're going to the concert, mom. I don't care 
anything else. You have to. She was like, Mom, you have to. You literally have to go to the concert. It's a good daughter. And so she's so good. And um, so that this whole time, like if, with everything that's happened, I've just been debating back and forth. Should I go? Should I not go? We got to the beginning of last week and Kyle and I were talking about it. This whole time I'd planned for him to go with me. He also loves Nate Ratliff's music. And I'd been planning for him, for the two of us to go. But then there's like this complication. We were going to leave the kids home with Daisy. You know, she's 17. But obviously she wasn't going to be there. And then we were like, should we go? Is is AJ, who's 14, is actually a little bit more responsible than Daisy. (laughs) But like you know, could we leave the younger kids because it's basically going to be their bedtime. She would just kind of need to get them in bed. But then we were like, but what if something happens and we're at the concert downtown and Daisy is at prom and is not, you know, like, we're just like trying to figure out all of these things. And Kyle was like, I just, I don't, th- I don't think I should go. I think, I think it'll be better. I, he was like, just like on a comfort level, I would just feel better if I was here um, and we weren't both downtown because we've gone and done things and left the kids at home for sure, but like not in a situation where it would be like really like it would take us a while to get yeah. back to the house. Okay. You know what I mean? So he's like, I just and I was like, that's fine. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just go by myself. Like, I know that's a little unconventional, but maybe I'll go by myself and have a, a night out by myself. <laughs> with Nate Ratliff, although he's on stage. (laughs) (laughs) But you could say it was a date. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So at the very last minute, at the very last minute, I thought, I'm going to ask my friend Grace. Grace is a superstar, awesome, turned very dear friend of mine. Um, We've gotten to know each other over years of friendship. And I was like, I don't know if she's going to say yes or not. I know she has her kids this weekend. And it's so last minute. I asked her like 24 hours before. (laughs) And I was I just was like, you know what, what's the worst that could happen? She could just say no, I can't make it. I'm so sorry. So I texted her. And I was like, I know this is crazy. But I have an extra ticket for the date relief concert tomorrow night here in Oklahoma City. She lives in a town just outside of the city would you want to go? And she like immediately texted back and was like, OMG, yes, let me see if I can find a sitter. So all of it came together that she could go with me. I love this. So we were so excited. So, you know, Saturday, we do all the prom prep, get Daisy ready. I shared some pictures on Mm -hmm. the sort of awesome social media. We had a lot of fun. I took her to get her eye makeup done. I did her hair and nails. It was just like this really wonderful time. Um, her best friend Elle came over. We did pictures. They went out to eat with the friends. You know, like the whole thing. Yeah. And then prom was supposed to like prom officially started at like seven. And Grace was going to get here about 645. Doors opened at the concert at seven. The first act was supposed to go on like around eight. But since it's like standing room right. and limited parking in Bricktown, I was like, let's just go ahead and go down there. And Grace was like, ready. She ha- She's the one that has um, a first grade boy. And then she has triplet <gasps> boys who are five. Wow. And so, yes. More power to Grace. Yes. yes. So she was like, that's fine. I'm up for whatever. <laughs> so we went ahead. Uh, we planned to go ahead and go down there. So, you know, we're doing all the things. Daisy and Elle came back here. They had changed to go to dinner. But they were going to change back into their gowns. And then the plan was Kyle was going to take them to prom you know, whenever they got ready after Grace and I left. So this whole day, 
storm clouds are a brewing in Oklahoma mm. City. It's getting dark and all of this stuff. It sprinkle on and off, but we were just like, it's going to be fine. This is going to be a wonderful night. We rebuke any. <laughs> Wait, was this bad? A, is this an outdoor venue? My the, the concert venue was not, but the okay. prom was. Oh, the prom, <laughs> the prom was? was okay. The prom was at this place called Harn Homestead here in Oklahoma City. That's like a historical homestead. They do have a barn that people like have weddings and stuff in. Like it's all cutesy and yeah. Pinteresty. That's covered. But the main reason they had it was because they thought, you know, like the kids could dance in the barn, but there's like, there's grounds where you can just walk around and talk and whatever. Okay. So just like the whole day, we're like, it's not going to rain. It's going to be fine. It's totally going to be fine. (laughs) So Grace and I, Grace gets here. We leave. We go downtown to go to the concert. Kelly, we pull into the parking lot next to the venue and the tornado sirens start going oh, off. Oh, no. So like serious storms, not just like rain, rain, but like storms. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Tornado sirens going off. Grace and I are just looking at each other. And it's it had started to actually rain by then. Not like downpour, but it was pretty heavy rain. And we just looked at each other like, what should we do? <laughs> what do we do? And Grace grew up in Texas and she's lived in Oklahoma for a while. I grew up in Oklahoma and we were like, Let's just go in and just yeah. like see what happens. I was going to say, I would think a concert venue probably doesn't have tons of windows. It's pretty much a shelter. It didn't. That's basically what Grace said. She was like, I think this will be a pretty safe place. So we went ahead. We got up, got got our tickets, got in. And like the, the sirens just kept going off. And people were just up, still just coming in, coming in for the concert. So... Uh, I got a t-shirt, we went to the merch table, I got a t-shirt and blah, blah, and we went to the bar and got some drinks. Again, sirens just going off. Like, they go <laughs> off and stop, go off and stop. And we're like looking at each other like, I mean, it's a little weird, right? So we asked the bartenders, like, what's going to happen if it, if the, like, are they going to cancel the show? And it was two women and they were like, we've never been here when... <laughs> never been here when tornado sirens were going off during a show or before a show but it's totally up to the band right contractually they have to be the ones to say we're canceling it like the venue could not cancel it if that makes sense yeah well and i'm thinking like nathan is not nathaniel nathan nathaniel nathaniel okay like they they're not from oklahoma right so like this might be freaking them out a lot more than it's freaking out you I mean, he grew up in Missouri, but they're like based out of Denver. So I don't know. Yeah, do okay. they get tornadoes in Denver? Not many. Not many because okay. of the mountains, it changes, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. And then we were like, and so w- they were like, you know, go ahead and get your drinks because if we do, if they do cancel the concert, we have to close the bar. <laughs> so <laughs> we did. So the way that the venue set up again, there's like this huge floor that's standing room. But there's a balcony, and we had heard that maybe sometimes there's seatings in the balcony, like actual chairs. So we went up to the balcony, and there weren't chairs, but there were risers up there. Um, So we're like, let's just sit up here and just kind of like see what happens. So we're sipping our drinks. We have our phones out. She's watching one news station on her phone. I'm watching the other. At one point, I was like, are you going to ask the bartenders like what's happening weather-wise? Because I'm like, there are apps for that. Make teats. Like, if there are tornado sirens going off, pull up your weather app and see. What's I should going have on. texted you. I should have been like, here's the situation. 
We're okay. at a concert. The tornado sirens are going off. Can you tell us what's happening? <laughs> you know I would have been all over that. Like I would have dropped whatever I was doing and been like, hold on. Let me pull up all of my stuff. But I mean, it sounds like you were doing that. So good. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> The great thing about living in Oklahoma City is, since we do have so much bad weather in the spring, especially, and so many tornadoes, truly, when I say to you, they have pinpointed, they can Mm -hmm. pinpoint down to the neighborhood Mm -hmm. where the storm is, like if there's funnel clouds. So again, she's watching one station, I'm watching the other. We both know the area well enough to know that we're like, oh, it's it's going south of here. Like, it's not going to come to to downtown because you it absolutely especially if it's going through Oklahoma City it will track and show you like it's going to hit Penn Square Mall at this time or it's going to hit sorry it's going to hit Penn Square Mall it's going to hit the zoo or blah 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 and so it was we could just tell like okay it's going south of here but then we just had to wait and see like mm-hmm. are they going to cancel the show so the great thing was we were there together. So we just were sitting up there in the risers, great. just talking and catching up and laughing and just having the best time. In the meantime, people are still just pouring into the venue, coming in. When we first went up to the balcony, it was very sparse, but more and more people were coming in. So long story short, after Grace and I had sat there, I mean, they did. it was probably like 30 minutes after the show was supposed to start, the opening act came out and got everything going. And it was like, okay, we're doing this. But Grace was like, I, even if they cancel this concert, we are all dressed up. We are downtown. We are going to go somewhere and do something. <laughs> yes, you are. Even if, even if it gets canceled. Um, so yeah. So in the meantime, also, I'm like, is there still going to be prom? I don't even know what's happening with that. And I was like having this internal battle, like, should I be like checking and making sure like, I'm not hearing anything from Kyle or Daisy. I was going to say, no one's texting you and saying, oh, it's like we're hearing sirens out here too or anything. No. Kyle and I did, Kyle and I did text back and forth a little bit. He was like, yeah, sirens are going off here. Everybody's fine. Looks like it, he did the typical Oklahoma thing and went out on our porch and was like looking right. around and like, mm, that looks fine here. He said like all of the neighbors were out on their porches. Like, mm, yeah, probably going to be okay. Um, in fact, when Grace and I were walking into the venue, when it was raining, we kept looking at each other like, this doesn't really like look like a tornado, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is this, you know what this makes me think of? There was that famous little video that a lot of people made into like a GIF especially right after 2016 when everything felt so crazy of the guy, I think it's actually in Canada where he's mowing his lawn and there's like this huge tornado off on the horizon. So he's nowhere close. He's nowhere close to the tornado. You know what I mean? But it looks so funny. Like he's just like, yep, just going to mow my lawn before the end of the world. And that's, I mean, I think that people who are not used to tornadoes, they see that and they're like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. But that is how it feels like, eh. Like, I yeah. see it, but it's way over there, and it's not headed toward me. Absolutely. I have literally seen, from not when we lived in Oklahoma City, but in a different town in Oklahoma, I have literally seen a tornado on the horizon going right. past. And it's like, oh, all right. Right, exactly. So you're um, able to say, like, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a tornado day. It just doesn't. It's doesn't not green enough. It feel like it. You know, yes. like how the sky gets green. You're like, oh, I don't know. I think they're being cautious. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, opening act comes out fantastic. Then Nathaniel, right, lift the night sweats. It's like a nine piece band. Like it's so serious. Come out and start the show. And by that time, it is packed in there. And Kelly, when I tell you, 
It was the most meaningful spiritual experience I've had Aww. in a minute. Well, I mean, <laughs> it has so been a global pandemic, great. as I might remind yeah. you. So maybe this was the catharsis for all of all of oh, it. Oh, yes. All of it. We had the best time. It was so great. Like, we just stayed in the balcony the whole time. And again, we were standing but after a while, you kind of forget. You're just like having so much fun. And Grace was the perfect person to go to the show with because she like knew some, like she knows some of the music and she's also a nine like me. And we just like, we just had like, she's got a lot of kids. I got a lot of kids. We were just there to have a good time. We were, nobody's complaining about anything. We just, I don't know. It was magical. And bless her heart. I told her today I texted her. I was like, I have had to practice restraint all week to not just keep sending you Nathaniel Rateliff music and like my commentary. on it. <laughs> and she was like, no, don't restrain yourself. Send it to me because I've been listening to him all week. I mean, I don't even know what to say. There's probably his most famous song is SOB. It came out in 2015. And he didn't play it they didn't do it in the regular set. And I was a little bummed, but I was like, you know, this is a, this concert's to promote mm-hmm. the new album. It makes sense. They're not going to play music from 2015, even if it is like their most famous song. But so then, so they leave and then they come back out for the encore and they did three songs in the encore and SOB was the second one. Yeah, Kelly, the place came down. It was Everyone was like scream singing and it was just like that communal moment right. where you're just with so many people that love a thing as much as you do. And it was pure magic. Yes. So, And we haven't had those yeah. for a while, honestly. I know. You know, like yes. they are very cathartic in even the best of times to go do something like yes. that and experience that communal feel. Um, mm-hmm. But like we haven't even had the opportunity. So I think it feels even more powerful than it would. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they even both of the both the opening act, I think his name is Devin Gilfillian. Um he was really great too. I, I can't remember if that's his first name or not. I'll look it up for the show notes. He said that and then Nate said that when he was on stage, like every like the performers themselves are just so thankful to be back out yeah. performing again. Um the one thing that was a little bit strange to me, just to me like on a personal level is I, he has a solo album that came out in 2020 called, and it's still all right. And I listened to that album. Like I mainlined it. I listened to it like all of 2020, all of 2021. And it's just him in the night sweats. When he's performing with the night sweats, it's like lots of like big horns, guitars, like lots of loud. It's like very loud soul, Southern soul revival music, very raucousy. But his solo album is, whoa, it's like way pulled back. It's very acoustic. It's very like thoughtful, meaningful lyrics. And so I've been listening to his solo album so much that it was kind of like a little bit jarring because I'm used to like this very intimate, like very come into my world. Here's, you know, this very um, personal experience. But then when he does a Night Sweats show, like it is like, a performance. It is a show and it is big and it is not like intimate in any way. So that was like a little strange. I wish he, of course he had his, the solo album came out in February of 2020. And so he had a whole tour lined up to promote the solo album. The great thing is though, since he couldn't go on actual tour, there's, he did tons and tons and tons of like virtual like performances, like 
NPR Tiny Desk kind of concerts. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots on YouTube that you can go watch. So right. All right, now that I've talked about that for like half an hour. Oh my gosh. No, that's amazing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so happy for you, honestly, just like as a friend, because there's just nothing quite like that. And especially after a lot of hard things, to have something yeah. that's truly just so kind of crazy with the tornadoes and all you like all of the should I go or shouldn't I like, you know, but it's not straightforward. Yes. It as so few things really are in life. Uh, to have it just be good, you know, to yeah. be filling is what we mm-hmm. need right now. So I'm, 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 I mean, I'm always happy. have always been happy to hear about the good things that are happening for my friends. But I think in this moment, I'm like even yeah. more happy, anything good that yes. happens. And then also like anything bad happens. I'm like even more devastated. Like everything feels yes. so much more yes. rot, you know, like it just feels like we're all just mm-hmm. balancing out here on the edge universe. Yes. Like, please be good to us. And if you're not, I shake my fist. And if you are, I I like throw myself down and weep with joy. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. And I will just say this too. If you ever do get a chance to meet up with an awesome Grace, just introduced herself to me again, years ago, we both happened to be at the science museum with our kids. She said hello, and it's turned into a wonderful friendship. If you ever cross paths with an awesome, you you like have the built-in confidence of knowing they're going to be an amazing human. So always do that, I yeah, say. I agree. So. Absolutely. I'm laughing. I don't think that you guys can hear it on my mic. I am in a room that has a window that's on ground level, like in our walkout basement. And yeah. you guys, this is just so silly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, we have a cardinal in our backyard. <gasps> We have tons of cardinals, but this mm-hmm. cardinal comes to the window and knocks. Like he goes from window to window. He is, I, I say he's like, hey, hey, from Moana. You know how like, hey, hey, we're just like, dum, 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 dum. he's just like, dum, 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 dum. This, this cardinal has a pretty big mohawk. Like he has like taller feathers than many of the other ones. And he comes to the window and he's like, dunk, 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 dunk. And we're like, you can't get in. And he'll go to the next window. Dunk, dunk, dunk. So oh, if you hear the, if you hear that our hey hey our cardinal hey hey, I'm like dude that, hello and I heard it. Did you? Yeah, you heard it. I, I can hear mic, it. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a little. It sounds like somebody's throwing something at the window. For a while, he uh-huh. was coming to our bedroom windows and knocking at like five o'clock in the morning. Like as it's starting to get light now, like five five thirty. So now yeah. we were like, if you stand up and look at him, he's like, oh oh, like so. <laughs> Like somebody's in there. I don't know if he's like looking at his reflection. He's not flying into the window. Like sometimes birds will hit the window, you know? He's like literally hopping up on the ledge and like pecking at it. Like, hello. Maybe it has to be his reflection, don't you think? I think so. so. Either that or he's just very intrigued on what we're doing inside. He's a very philosophical bird, maybe, but I don't think so. He seems kind of stupid at the same time. And he's a little nosy. He's like, what are y'all up to? So now we we have to (laughs) shut the blind that he. The, of the window that he would knock at the most in our bedroom. If we shut the blind, somehow maybe that changes the reflection so he doesn't come to it as much. So, but it was, okay. it was funny before we were thinking, you know how it is. Things wake you up in the morning and you're like, that is so annoying. And by the time you're going to bed that night, you forget about it. You don't like take yes. a step to proactively not have that annoyance happen tomorrow. <laughs> so it took us about a yes. week to be like, we should shut that blind before we go to bed so we don't have to get up at 530 and shut the blind and hey, hey, says. 
Oh my gosh, that is hysterical. I am obsessed with Hey Hey. <laughs> I am a little bit too. So great. I'm really, really, really trying to get them on video so that I can share it on my yes. Instagram stories because that's what my life has become. Is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are. I have ducks also in our backyard. Mr. and Mrs. Mallard. Do you remember the book of Mr. and Mrs. Mallard in, in yes. Boston? It's like an old yes. award-winning children's book that I used yeah. to read to my kids. And of course... The younger two, I would be curious to know if anybody's kids are this way. If you have a, like a span, my older kids are like, "Oh yeah, Mr. And Mrs. Mallard." And my younger two were like, "I don't, I don't think you read us that." And I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I, I read you that book, but probably they were so little, and like I wasn't still reading yes. it. You know, like the older mm-hmm. kids were still hearing it because I was reading it. So they have all these; they don't have as many memories. So I like went and found it and like made them look at it. But we have some mallards who are coming in our backyard, and you know, we have those bird feeders with seeds in the ground. And then right now our pool cover has water on top of it and they think it's a pond. So <gasps> oh. so they like waddle their way up and they eat seeds and then they go hang out in our pool. And Corey was like, should I get that, that water off the pool cover? Cute. And I was like, well, I don't know. The ducks are enjoying it. Like they're enjoying our miserable <laughs> spring. Like just leave it there. Like They're not going to be able to stay there forever. But And I'm also like I'm, yes. I'm torn because I kind of half want them to lay eggs in our backyard so I can see the little baby chicks because there's nothing better mm-hmm than baby animals but also yes. we have a crazed dog who loves to chase things oh, and so yeah. we're like we Ooh. don't yeah. like that would yeah. be a little i don't want to think it could be yeah it could be tragic yeah well we're like we would have to just fence off or just like not let her out there while they were really little like before if they did that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. so that's like that's what i do now for fun is i watch the birds in my backyard <laughs> i've officially become an old person I am Kelly and the Night Sweats. I'm going to adopt that as my band name. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, how are things at work? Uh, things are actually pretty good. I, I don't remember when I was last in the overflow, but just to recap, my job changed kind of at the beginning of March into this new position that's fewer hours and I'm not, I didn't really realize until later, but I'm not involved in daily news at all right now. Mm. Like I'm not involved Mm -hmm. in the actual work of the newsroom. I'm producing kind of side projects. So um, yeah, still really loving, you know, a lot of it is going back with the host that I used to work for. She does this weekly show now that's a book show. I'm loving that so much this week. I actually got to edit an interview with um, a theologian, Christina Cleveland, I don't know oh, if yeah. some of the mm-hmm. awesomes have heard of her. She wrote um, a couple mm-hmm. of good books. I can't remember the one that I had last read, but her new one that just came out this year is called God is a Black Woman. Mm-hmm. And Meg, yeah. you would love this book because what she's done is she grew up in a very um, kind of Pentecostal Black tradition, but also it was very prosperity gospel and harsh. It was harsh. Um, and mm-hmm. so as she is growing in, in like her faith and feeling like the God of that tradition you cannot have need because to have need Mm. is to be faulty you know you haven't you don't have faith and she's like as a black woman in america like you're you're like literally punished for having need in this church you know like Mm. you're you're ostracized so she ended up saying like i need a god who is not this white male angry god like who Mm -hmm. i feel completely disassociated with and so she started to think about the black madonnas which are scattered throughout oh, Europe. Oh, yes. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah. Yes. So she went on a pilgrimage in 2018 to France to visit, I don't know how many she got to, Black Madonnas. 
And so this book yes. is her um, reflections upon that. So like, I, I, I have a copy Ugh. of it, but I haven't read it yet. But like, it looks like yes. as I thumb through it, you know, each chapter is like a different Madonna and like what this Madonna mm. meant to her, you know, like this one is the, our, the one who heals things. And she's like, this is healing my, yeah. my brokenness. So one who the history of this Madonna, she was beheaded during at one point, you're like, they, because a rampaging horde came in and she's like, but they found the head and put it back on. And she's like, this is, this is the Madonna who sees that I've been broken and I can be restored. Mm. Um, oh my gosh. So that's what I, I get to got do. to read that. Yes. You would yes. love this book. Um, and she's really, Christina is just such a thoughtful person and such a beautiful soul. So it was really fun. And then, yeah, my other job that I, the other project that I produce is all talking about disparities in Minnesota. So we had our first, the first event that I produced was actually this week. That's why it was a long week, as I said at the beginning, a um, little more hours than normal. But it's really good. I'm, I am so glad that my job switch happened at the time it did, because it's also mm. coincided with stuff for my kids, um, especially yes. my high school senior who's not going to be graduating in June because he doesn't have enough credits. And so some educational options that came up for him around that same time. And so it just it's given me the flexibility to be able to like help him more and just to be present. You guys, I would say in March for sure, I would say for two or three weeks, I like napped every afternoon. You know, like you're just tired mm-hmm. when you're just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and now yeah. I don't have to do that. And I've got more of a routine where I get up and get the kids to school and then I work out. I am, I, I don't think I could talk about it here because I need to save it for an awesome of the week. But I am mm-hmm. fairly obsessed with my Peloton app uh, that I use oh, to do good. Yes. yes. So we'll talk about that at some point on the actual show. But mm. yeah, it's been good. Like just to, just to feel more in my body, right? Yes. I mean, life is, yeah. there's still hard things happening in life, even though we're kind of coming out of some of the pandemic stuff. But I feel like the job transition happened at the exact right time for me to like be able to rest and also kind of like move into, I don't know, another chapter. Like that sounds bigger than I mean it to be, but just like, oh, look, I'm going to need to be doing all of these things now. Um, my mom is really not in a good place. Um, so just emotionally, that's a lot. And so, yeah, it's just like, I'm so thankful to be here. Like, and and this goes all the way back to like last year when we talked, Meg, on an overflow about like quitting a job and like facing Mm -hmm. reality of like, this isn't working for me. And, you know, for me, it ended up that I was able to stay at the same place and just take a different position. But I think so many people are asking themselves these questions right now, you know, this year of like, do I stay or do I go? What is healthy? What is not? In fact, this is actually a good segue to say, I wanted to mention here, if anybody hasn't listened to them, um, a couple of podcasts that I listened to a couple weekends ago is on Glennon um, Doyle's mm-hmm. podcast, uh, We Can Do Hard Things. There are two of them that came out in April that are both with Jen Hatmaker. So mm. I don't see, like when I look at Glennon's podcast, I don't see numbers, but just look for Jen's name. Okay. You'll see it. It's They're both in the title if you want to listen to these. One is called... Um, what we win when we lose it all. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's like, probably, I think that Jen had described it also in a social media where she was, you know, talking about this podcast coming out. She's like, this is the most honest I've been about the last few years of like my marriage and like what's happened and how I'm feeling and what we, you know, like how I was able to make it through. You guys, yes. 
that podcast, I'm going to go back and listen to it. Actually, I took so many notes because it, oh, was, wow. it was just such a good discussion of like where she says, I knew something was wrong in my relationship, but I didn't let myself face it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so mm-hmm. it's that I, we hear this story from our friends, right? Where they're like, looking back, like I had this sense, but oh, yeah. I didn't want to listen to my intuition or I didn't want to listen to my mm-hmm. gut. It was too painful, whatever. And so her being able to acknowledge that there was just so much wisdom there to be able to call back and say, look, I wish I had listened to my gut. It might've saved me some heartache in the, in the end. Yes. Or it just been willing yeah. to face the hard things. You know, she's like, neither of us, she or her ex-husband were doing the work that needed to be done. And she's like, maybe mm-hmm. if we had been able to be honest and to call out these hard things earlier in our marriage, who knows what would have happened. But like, sure. By the time you get there, you can't. Um, so she talks about like her friends coming into her life and saying hard things to her about after mm-hmm. having spent some time with her and Brandon saying, look, you are like a cleanup crew in your marriage. And that mm. she was like, well, I hate you and get out of my life. Sort of a thing, you know, like not really, but you're know, like, it was sure. a hard thing to yeah. hear. Um, and she's like, I look back and I'm like, they were willing to say hard things to me and how mm-hmm. precious that is. And they were yeah. right. Um, and then her therapist had her read uh, Codependent No More, which is a very famous codependency book written by, I think it's Melody Beadle. Um, and she's, so then they, they talk about codependency and Glennon has so much to say about that. And Abby too. It's just, it's such a good, deep conversation. It will step on your toes. It will make you, of course, like fall down laughing because Jen Hatmaker is one of the funniest people on the planet. Yes. Yes. So if you could only listen to one, listen to that one. But then the second one is with Jen Hatmaker and her new boyfriend, Tyler Merritt. Oh, yes. So then they talk yeah. about how they met and what it's like to be in a relationship as adults, as kind of whole people. Um, Tyler has mm-hmm. never been married. So he's like got this whole like... He's coming from a complete singleness thing, and Jen's coming from, right. I've never not been married. Like I got married when I was 19 yeah. to this other man, and I'm just yeah. learning how to be whole. Um, so just, again, there's like codependency stuff, how you negotiate things, how you deal with children. It's They're just really, really, really good conversations. Um, so okay. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. If you're looking yes. for something to listen to that is both funny and thought-provoking, Check out those two Jen Hatmaker episodes of We Can Do Hard Things. Okay. I've heard so many people say those are must listens. So well, good. I just haven't been able to make it work in my schedule yet. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah. That sounds so good. What are you listening to so right good. now? Are you listening to any podcast stuff that you want to recommend? Well, I just, I, I'm going to give this a like cautious recommend because I am very newly into it, but it came highly recommended from um, an awesome and I trust the taste of the awesomes. This is not <laughs> deep spiritual stuff. It's okay. This is this is my low crime genre that I love so much. Is about a woman who it's called Sympathy Pains, and it just came out. And it's I think it's actually still in production. I don't think all the episodes are out. Um, and it's about a woman um, named Sarah Delashmit who conned people in her life for like decades into believing that she had various illnesses. Like it it would change depending on the context of where she was. Like when she was in college, she convinced everybody that she had leukemia when she was in like a young adult, Mm. it was muscular dystrophy. Like she basically like lived this life of 
finding communities based on illness or disability and inserting herself into them and living as if she had those things. I'm very early into it. The premise, like the hook of the podcast is she wasn't doing it for money. She wasn't like, yeah, she wasn't doing fundraisers or anything. She's just right. Just for community. Apparently so. So I don't know, but she left a trail of a lot of pain and heartache behind, as you can imagine, people who like really invested in her life and her story and her physical needs and all of these things, then to find out that it was all a lie. It's very fascinating. So again, it's called Sympathy Pains. I just started listening to it, but it's it's pretty fascinating stuff. Okay, so I have a question is is she still around? Like, is she on the podcast? Because this is not illegal, right? Like, this isn't like she's in jail. It's just, no, it's just morally reprehensible. (laughs) Right. I don't, I think she is still alive. I could be wrong. It could be the big shocker at the end. I don't know. But I don't know. We'll see. You haven't Googled her. I see, this think is my thing. I can't. That's why I can't do these oh, things. I like, no. I'm like Googling while I would be listening. <laughs> no, that would, that would take so much of the fun right. out of it. I like the it surprise would. of the story as it unfolds. Oh, here's another. This is completely random, but it just popped into my head. Um, not low crime, but just like so fascinating cultural commentary. Netflix just came out with um, a documentary um, called White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Which, Kelly, I think you and I are a little bit too old to have been. I mean, I <laughs> remember it. I wasn't, I, wasn't my, I wasn't going into the store at the time right. when the models were there. You know, like the people who yeah, were there yeah. to like, work practically shirtless or yes. be very sexy. Right. Um, but I remember yes. walking by, probably with a baby stroller and being like, ugh. Exactly. So I was I was too old for Abercrombie and Fitch by the time that they were like a big deal. But I, like you, kind of observed it in a very, you know, socially cultural way. This documentary is so interesting because it says it's doing what I feel like a lot of documentarians are doing now, which is taking these pieces of culture, examining what built it out to be what it was at the time, and then also looking at it through the modern lens. Mm-hmm. And so... You have, you know, coming, you have these people who are involved in this company and this brand coming to terms with like the, the racism that was going on, the, mm. um, the classism, the sketchy sexual things that were happening with one of the photographers, like just kind of like reexamining, um, what was really happening, but also what it was like to be part of that in that certain specific moment in time. And um, again, it's on Netflix. It's called White Hot. And it was really interesting. It was definitely a a fun way to pass an afternoon just watching that and thinking about it. Yeah, that's right up my alley. That sort of a thing. I love that, you know, when you're looking at something, this is kind of this cultural impact or the context of it and what it says. So it's like, it's a microscope on this thing, but it it has so much to say about our culture and about who we are and where we are in this moment. I love stuff like that. So that will definitely go on my list when I need a break from (laughs) modern family. Yes. (laughs) Are you still working your way through it? I am. I'm like in season eight, so I know I don't have too much more, but. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Good, good. Well, another thing that you have been so kind and generous to do in the past couple of weeks, however long it's been, is to just kind of check in and, you know, ask me how I'm doing with grieving. 
So I thought we could talk about that a little bit. So if you are not in a good headspace to um, have conversations about grief or whatever, just know that that's going to be the rest of this conversation. So if you want to sign off with us now, then I hope that you enjoyed our our breakdown of all things April and what we're into right now. But um, Kelly, you have really been so gracious to check on me and just, hmm. you know, be like, how are you doing? Like, really? <laughs> Right. And, Which, and you know, after the funeral, right? Like you kind of have yeah. this, this flurry, almost too much, honestly, for at least for me, almost too much of intensity of in that those first few days when you're just in shock and you know, you're, you're, everybody's like, Oh, how are you? It's, it's emotional. You're just trying to absorb. And then after that clamor goes away, kind of thankfully. Yeah. And then, and then life just starts to happen again. Yes. You know, that's when yeah, it starts I think- to become a process. Definitely. It is a process. And it's just, it's so surreal um, to just be continuing to live life. Um, I think I was telling you this on Voxer. I I hope I can get through talking about it without crying like I did on Voxer. It's totally fine. Tears are fine. But But, you know, yes. And like you were talking about with Jen and her friends, you know, you need friends in your life who can confront you, confront or like bring up hard things. I think you do need friends too, who will be like, okay, like, how are things really, really? Mm-hmm. And are, like, already prepared for the fact that it might be, like, an awkward conversation. There might be some tears. There might be, mm-hmm. you know, some rambling. Um, But truly, like, one of the most unexpected things for me that has been so hard is that I'm dreaming about my mom a lot. And in... I've only had a few dreams where she was sick and that was like right after she died. Um, I would just, I think my brain was just kind of like trying to process through um, those final moments. But then after that, I've had so many dreams about her where she was not only not sick, she was, um, for those of you who don't know, just like a little bit of context, my mom was diagnosed with MS when I was two and really was like to lived a totally normal life as a mom uh, until I was 20 when she was in a really terrible car accident. And um, because of the neurological things happening with the MS, she never really bounced back after that. So after that car accident, she could no longer drive or um, write or, and she had very limited mobility. So everything kind of really changed when I was 20. But when I was a kid, you know, she was a mom who was at the concerts and, buying groceries and making Rice Krispie treats after school and all of those types of things. And so in my dreams, it's that's the mom that's there. And so I'll have these dreams about her. And then, you know, they'll be like, oh, so warm and fuzzy. And then I'll wake up and then, you know, the reality hits. So I was telling you that I had to tell myself, like, I need a break. Self, brain. <laughs> I actually was thinking about the movie Inside Out. <laughs> Right. Like if with, you could go to the the other, like the whatever emotion is controlling mm-hmm. this and be like, could you mm-hmm. just like take a break? Yeah. Take a chill pill. Let's go to the dream production set and just be like, okay, I need a break from the dreams. Like I just, it's, yeah. it was too hard to just, I mean, I was dreaming about her so much. And then it was just like that wave of reality when you wake up mm-hmm. and, um, and all of that. And so I, I really did. I was just like, I need a break from the dreams. And I, and it actually worked like on some level, (laughs) it did work. I kind of was able to take a little bit of a break from that. 
Um, you know, it's it's really hard to also know how best to support my dad, who is absolutely devastated. And, you know, I was talking to my friend, my best friend, Catherine, about this. And she was re- really saw, because she's seen this dynamic, you know, for obviously for a long time, much more up close. And she pointed out that for my dad, like he went from being um, such a full-time hands-on caregiver mm-hmm. for my mom. And then like pretty, I mean, it feels like overnight, but within a matter of weeks, that huge role and huge part of his identity was just completely gone. And yeah, and I, that's, I have not had that experience, but I can only imagine that it's like literally just like, like, what do I do with myself now? He had oriented so much of his life around caring for her. And then also like, not going and doing things because he didn't by the, in the last two years after my parents moved here to Oklahoma city, my mom's health had gotten so bad that she was pretty much housebound. And so he didn't like to go and do things where, you know, he felt bad. My mom wouldn't have cared, but he felt bad that he could go out and like go to church, small group or, or do whatever. Um, and so he had really limited a lot of his social interaction. And now I think it's just overwhelming to have, that much time to fill. And so, you know, he'll call me like two or three times a day and just want to talk and tell me about his day and stuff. And and that's fine. And I do try to talk to him as often as I can. And he does recognize like, I got five kids, I got a business to run, we're busy. But I think that that's, and I know you guys experienced it in like a different way, Mm -hmm. because your mom is the one who needed care um, mm-hmm. immediately after your dad died. So um, it's like this weird combination of like, I'm trying to grieve, but also I need to care for remaining parent, which I know was a lot more intensely mm-hmm. physical and like immediate for you guys. Yeah. I think that in many ways it probably, especially for my sister and I, because we were so much more intimately involved with the care um like stunted the grief process a little bit because yeah. you, you just, you're immediately in this caregiving role. Um, it's, it's harder to grieve. You know, like I tried to imagine what it would be like if you had a parent who was not in the throes mm-hmm. of Alzheimer's, you know, who could say maybe even like your dad, you know, like I'm grieving too. How are you remembering mom today? Those sorts of things. But she couldn't do any of that. You know, like she just was right. all made. She couldn't do anything to parent us anymore. Yes. Um, yeah. She was like needed to be parented. So yeah. it was a weird thing. And, and I do remember, and that's kind of why, one of the reasons why I was checking on you is that when you, you that other parent then, unless you have the misfortune of having a parent die even younger, you know, yeah. they are a little bit lost, you know, like it's like now, mm-hmm. now what happens with them? Um, because mm-hmm. of the role that, especially for women, you know, for better, for worse play in families, it's like, okay, now, now he's your responsibility or she's your responsibility. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that it, it does add another layer that you don't really think about when you think about the loss of a parent, you also assume a new role, um, for the other parent that's, that's there that you may not have already had. Right. Because they might have been a little bit more independent. You know, like you were saying, you probably didn't talk to your dad two to three times a day before no. the death of your mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
You know, I was actually talking to Grace about this um, because her mom died in February of 2020, and many of the superstars kind of tracked along with her, um, with Grace's journey through that and what she had shared in our superstar hangout. But we talked about like, especially like you were saying, when it's the wife who dies, particularly, this had not been the case so much with my mom because of her, um, because of the MS. But if it's the, if that's the person who they go to for like, not just the, like the practical matters of it, like they're used to being cared for, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? And um, like my mom, of course, had not been like in the kitchen making meals and stuff for, uh, for quite a while. But I've seen it in so many cases where um, friends of mine, their their mom dies and their dad's remarried pretty quickly because they are just like used to having somebody there. And um, Grace pointed out that for a lot of a lot of times for men, especially men of our dad's generation, that friendship is like friendship, it's easier to find a new romantic interest than it is to go out and make mm. a new group of friends. That's interesting. And so, um, you know, depending on the circumstances that that might play into it as well. And so I don't know, it's been, that's the thing like about, <laughs> about grief in the same way that, you know, in, in a lot of ways kind of parallels to new parenting, like you don't know how to do any of it. It's yeah. you're learning in the trenches of like how to get through it. And I think you can have all the support and all the resources in the world and still, you still just have to walk through it just daily. It's like building that airplane while you're flying it, right? Like you're running around trying to build it. And yeah, there are people on the ground going, when you, if, and when you crash, like we've got you or, you know, you can do it. You're like, it's nice. It's nice that you're not completely alone, but no one else is in the plane with you. You know, no one else can do that. That's the, the, in some ways awful because we would like to not be alone, but also that's human. I mean, that, that is what yeah. it is. We are all alone when it comes to our own process of grief. Um, so mm-hmm. we have people who can walk next to us, but they can't do it for us. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. What are we also saying in that Fox Meg about the Enneagram? And I think I was saying um, that, well, no, what did you say first? Because then it, it like brought oh. me to something that I was like, that seems like a very yeah. nine response of like, mm. what nines, like you, you were saying like, you're tired, right? Oh, do you were talking about decision making? Oh. That's what it was. You were like, yes. decision making is <laughs> oh, yeah. so extra exhausting. Yeah. I mean, even in like the best of circumstances, right. <laughs> decision making is hard, but I have just felt I I can't even really begin to describe how overwhelming making decisions has been. Um, things even about things that I like, like things about the show, like what what episodes should we do next? What should we have on the calendar? Um, those types of things. But you know, going to the grocery store and or Target, I just. I cannot even explain to you how overwhelming it is. I can't remember if I said this on the March Overflow too. I might have already said this, but like my first few shopping trips out, I would just go back to my car and just like literally have a panic attack because I would get so overwhelmed. And it's like not even, it's not what you would cognitively think Mm -hmm. is stressful, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It wasn't like particularly triggering of anything. It's just, I just feel how taxing having grief 
just running in my system is, but it comes out in different ways. Um, And I think one of them is that I just get so overwhelmed with making decisions. And also it is very exhausting. I just am just so tired all the time. Yes, it is. But then you were talking about... Yeah, you you were kind of talking about as a seven, how like, I think, you know, sevens being more cerebral and more, you know, they're in the head triad and that you kind of had a different, like I, like I said, I am like really feeling it. And I told my friend Catherine that I have to drive past the hospital where my mom died every time I go to my dad's house and just driving past that hospital. Like I just, I can feel in my chest just Mm this weird, like sinking, tightening feeling. Another friend asked me how I was doing. I was like, I feel like my chest is caving in all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I literally physically feel that, that sensation yeah. all the time. Um, especially, you know, when I'm hit with moments of, of memory and grief. So I'm just curious because, you know, nine's being body oriented in the body triad. Mm. I'm just curious as a seven, um, I think you said something about it was easier for you to kind of go cerebral with some things. Oh, for sure. Yes. And I have been very cerebral. And yet I acknowledge, like, I'm hoping, I'm trying to leave space for, like, knowing that that's not enough. You know, like, that there's more to grief than than looking at the stages of grief or whatever you want to, you know, something like that. Reading about it. Reading about it. Yeah. Is not grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, it, that's been a whole process for me. And I'm still there, I feel like. Um, I don't want to go into the emotions. Um, mm-hmm. Partly because just my natural makeup often feels like you know, people would say, well, you could play a sad song or something. And I'm like, yeah, that just feels manipulative, though. Like, I'm, I don't want to have mm. to manipulate myself into feeling things. Trick yourself into crying. Right. right. You know, mm-hmm. which I mean, I suppose I could do. Um, but I'm, I'm also just, I notice, especially as you look at other people's grief journeys, cause it's also unique, how much more I am like, why would I go into that room? You know, sort of a thing. Like, why mm-hmm. would I go to the cemetery? Um, I drive yeah. by the cemetery where my dad is buried quite often, actually. It's not far from my house. Um, and I, you know, I'm always like aware that he's there, but like, I don't, I don't want to go stop and stand at his grave, you know, sort of a thing right. like where mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. some of my siblings might like, they're like, that's meaningful to me. And I'm like, Ooh, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. You know, like that, mm-hmm. cause that feels emotional. I feel like the emotions yeah. for me are where um, dreams for me have been some of the most pure emotional response mm. to it. Yeah. Cause as you were talking about dreaming about your mom, I said, you know, I didn't dream about my dad for a while. And then I did. And when I started to dream about him, it was just kind of like you're saying, like in the dream, you're not aware. You're like, it's just natural that they're there. You know, it's natural that they're mm-hmm. there. And you're like, oh, and mm-hmm. then you wake up and realize they're not with you anymore. But in the most recent dreams, it's much more emotional during the dream because I recognize in my dream that he's not here. So mm-hmm. instead of waking up and saying, oh, that not only did that not happen because it was a dream, but also like they're not here anymore. In my dream, I turn to him and say, but you died. Can I just have one last hug? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'll say things like that in my dream. And so in my dream, I'm having an emotional response. So I'm just trying to give myself grace for that. I just think it's really interesting how probably, you know, I mean, obviously each person is individual, but also through the Enneagram lens and you think about the things that are already taxing for us, the things that are, are, Yes. Not our strengths are going to be even more so. Like we're going to notice it show up too in grief 
um, mm-hmm. how, how we might be doing it. You like, I could imagine a one feeling frustrated with other people who aren't grieving the, the way that they're grieving mm-hmm. or the way that they have determined to be like, this is the right way. So like, why are you not doing this? Right. Like, um, you know, I could just imagine all the different types being how it would be. Yeah. My best friend is a two and she has cried more than I have over like the loss of my dad and my mom. Like when we get together and talk about it and she lost her dad yeah. about five years ago. So, you know, she's walked this road as well, but like, she'll always, she cries every time we get together mm-hmm. and talk about it. And I'm like, I'm cold hearted. Mm-hmm. I'm a cold hearted snake is how I feel sometimes. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I'm, I will sometimes like get tears in my eyes in response to her. Yeah. But, you know, like she is a two is feeling that emotion of like how hard it is. Definitely. So I'm like, yes. I'm glad that you're feeling it for me in some ways. Like, you know, it's just, it's a good reminder to see how we all experience grief. Try to, I mean, I don't, I'm not beating myself up over it. I mean, I can sometimes, I yes. joke about it, but like, I, I truly am just holding space and grace to say like, I, I'm trying to stay open. This is my journey that I have to do. But when all of that comes down though, I think that for every type, when we're facing day after day, our weakness we're like, it's so exhausting. That's why grief yes. is exhausting. It's so exhausting. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I, I think we don't talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. I think that people do think about, of course, the tears and, you know, the the sadness and and those types of things. But um, just there, that element of just like, it's just kind of always running in the background. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just having to do things that, um, or even just thinking thoughts or whatever the thing is, that's just, it drains the energy right? so much more, I think, than we give ourselves credit for. Right. So, And at the same time, life goes on, right? So we, we're talking mm-hmm. about that too, you know, about prom and your sister's bachelor mm-hmm. party. And like, so, you know, that's what happens. It's, I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing or it's a hard thing because we're tired and yet life goes on. You know, we really have to prioritize our energy or like direct it toward those things yeah. that are the most to us. Um, yes. but it, you know, like it doesn't, life doesn't stop. Even if there are days that we wish it could just like stop and you could just sit in the dark closet. Um, very few of us yeah. have that capacity in our lives to allow for that. So it's we, true. Just, we just keep grieving. Like you said, it's kind of, it's like a background process that you sometimes stop and acknowledge. Um, and otherwise it's just always going on. It's always taking bandwidth, like in your computer, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I, I know I'm, you've already obviously been through the first year of like milestones and big events. I'm, I just want to just get through all of it. Yep. Like Mother's Day is coming up and mm-hmm. one of my friends texted me just last night and was like, Hey, I know Mother's Day is coming up and I already hate it for you. And I'm thinking about you. And, and, um, I'm just like, I just want to get through all of yeah. these first, like, ugh. we did go through that when, you know, Kyle's dad passed away in, in 2013. And so I've walked through that. And I have at least done that before, obviously a little bit different grief when it's your own parent. Um, but, I just know. And so I think I just have like this, this extra sense of dread because I do know it's going to be hard, but I also do know, okay, Mother's Day is a day Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of buildup to it and there's a lot of things around it, but it is a day. And then you can put it to bed and you get up and you go on to the next one. And now you've made it through your first one. Exactly. So I'm kind of trying to keep that perspective. Right. Well, and for some people it's even harder, you know, like other years, you know, like the first year, whatever. Right. 
we our first yeah. year was still during the pandemic, so everything was already different. Right. So that yes. also disrupted like what we might imagine being the quote unquote normal path of grief is mm-hmm. you know that next Thanksgiving nobody could get together and that Christmas we weren't doing the normal things anyway. So there wasn't that missing seat at the table sort of a feel. Right. Because yes. everything was already disrupted and now we're kind of back but we're not normal and I don't know. Like it's it's weird. I think that's also has stunted some of the things for a lot of people who lost oh, loved ones sure. during the pandemic is it's just been a different process of grief than what we may have expected or what we were used to before this. But it does still happen. It, like you said, it's just, it's kind of happening in the background. You just keep moving, right? And giving yourself yeah. space. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, well, as always, thank you for processing through oh, a lot of this. Yes, it's you. so good. And I love you. And I truly do. It, it is it is so helpful. I think that that's another thing about grief, too, is it's awkward. But when people like push through and they're like, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm checking on you. How are you doing? It, that's really meaningful, it too. It is meaningful, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that covers our overflow conversation for April. Coming in again, just hours left, but we wanted to get this out to you for sure. So, Superstars, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your ongoing support of Sort of Awesome. It brings us so much joy, and we are so thankful for this community. So, Kelly, thank you for taking the time on this beautiful, hopefully turning beautiful. In about a week. (laughs) That's no, for real, but like, yeah. Yesterday, we had some sun, a couple sunny days this week. And then in my, I'm very, very bitter right now, you guys. You're, you're lucky that you I don't know. share an office with me. My husband's like, yesterday he looked crossed and said, can I take you to lunch? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's yes. cloudy again. And I'm like, yeah, and it won't be, we won't see the sun until maybe next Wednesday night. Maybe. And then it's probably <laughs> going to be Saturday, actually. And Saturday we might hit 60, like, in the sun. And Corey, he has a big event for Kids in Need Foundation that day. It's actually also Kieran's yeah. birthday, big day. So I'm like, you know what? Yes. I'm kind of just like you're saying, like, let's just get through like this next week, head down. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. It's more of the same. But I do believe that like, we're actually going to start to turn some corners soon. Yes. So so that will be good. good. And yes. in the meantime, we just find ways to get through, right? We find yes. ways. That's right. That's right. That's right. So glad we have each other in the meantime, for sure. Okay, superstars, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.